When life throws you a curveball, how are you going to handle adversity? Welcome to the Fearless Mindset Podcast, where you're about to go on a journey as I interview security, business, and entertainment leaders on what it takes to stay fearless. I'm your host, Mark Ludlow, and enjoy today's episode. Yeah, and then I went back to, you know, eventually got back to DC and then, you know, eventually got back to my unit, but never really, really redeployed. And you got a big medal for that one, didn't you? Well, I got a purple heart. Got purple like heart. CIB. You know, okay. got got the things you need. Got the things I needed to make sergeant. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Almost lost your life, but you got sergeant. Yeah, actually, I uh, we're we're joking about before we flew out. I was like, I think I made my points on a purple heart because, like, I think it's forty promotion points for a purple heart. Mm-hmm. I think we were, we were actually even talking. My team, we we're all talking about because you know we're all specialists, and though I'm in charge, we're all the same rank, and mm-hmm. you know we're all gone to the board now, and and we're like, yeah, we're all waiting to become you know, sergeants and, and E5s mm-hmm. and, and, you know, maybe go for a career. And we were actually talking about like, yeah, how, how are we going to get this point thing figure out? I was like, mm-hmm. and I, th- I think, I think we actually, so one of us said, he's like, yeah, purple heart is 40 points. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that was like right before we got out there. How'd that make you feel? You got the purple heart and you got promoted. Do you have any regrets about all that? Or was it something you look forward to the next chapter in your military career? Or you, after that, all that, are you kind of done? You're like, you know what? I'm ready for the, my next season of my life. No, I doubled down. I went to LURS after that. I mm. went to a long range surround unit. Really? Yeah. I took over a team there and, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I went, I went, um, yeah. So I actually doubled down. I reenlisted. Wow. Right after that. So you did four, then you did what, two more or something? <sighs> Three more. Wow. You did seven years. Yeah, just seven years, but I never deployed after that. Yeah. We, you know, we were a part of the uh, the surge, and after that, there was a drawdown, mm-hmm, right? Um, and I kind of got a little bit caught in the drawdown. So got it. And yeah, about the about about the time I got out, like my body started kind of feeling it. I started kind of breaking down a little of bit. Of course, all those injuries, it's yeah. gonna start feeling it. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. so you got disability from the government for all your pains, and mm-hmm. good, good for you. Yeah, you not not a hundred percent, but okay. doing pretty good. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So a miracle you're here. Yeah. Well, that wasn't even my worst injury. Not? No. The, um, so 11 months before I got blown up, mm-hmm. I was actually crushed by a striker. Whoa. So like I was, uh, I was, we're out in Yakima training center, which is like a, um, the desert training center in Washington. And, um, we, uh, a vehicle broke down and, uh, we had to drag it through the desert with another vehicle and we got stuck in a ditch and I was taking off the tow bars. And a bunch of us were, and most most of the people after a while quit, and I just kept you know being a hard headed, just kind of kept doing it. And when I took the tow bar finally off, the brakes failed, and one crushed me to the other, and popped both my lungs. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So like I I popped both my lungs, I lacerated my spleen, I broke my L four vertebrae, the wing of it, not the not the mm-hmm. center part. Not that I'm a doctor, but um, yeah. So like that was eleven months before getting blown up in Afghanistan. That was before Afghanistan. Yes, I, I actually did two of those in a year, which is kind of wild. Like I, I, it wasn't even a year apart. It was like eleven months. It's amazing you're walking. Yeah, it's getting a little harder. But <laughs> <laughs> it's getting a little harder. <laughs> and no, you can I, laugh about it. I mean, that's just resiliency right there. Oh well, I appreciate that. But yeah, that would that was a that's something I, I do mm-hmm. think quite quite a bit because I mean I, I bled out for a while. You know, and and you know, having my lungs, you know, filled with blood, and just you know, my friends like holding me while I'm like just bleeding all myself. You know, because it's not, it's a remote place, so you got to get a, you got to get a helicopter out there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's pretty gotta, remote, desolate. Yeah, and you're suffocating the entire time. You're slowly suffocating. They don't have a trauma center right around the corner in Yakima, Washington. Yeah, that's where I went. 
mm-hmm. that's where they flew me out to. And uh, I mean, my uh, my PA mm-hmm. actually told me he didn't bring all of his gear because he thought he was just going to come out there and pronounce me dead. Wow. And he she's like he told me like later mm-hmm. was like yeah I showed up and you're you're alive you're, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know I thought you were, yeah you know. And all that saved me was the fact that my I had my uh, ballistic plates on, mm-hmm. and it's side to side. The plates took the compression for a second before they got before the driver was able to pull forward. Wow! Only thing that stopped me from being cut in half. Yeah. So you got some guardian angels working overtime or something protecting your body. I guess so. Something's yeah. going on over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, the man uh, of nine lives. Yeah. Is that your call sign now in the military? Nine lives. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do remember a friend of mine saying, "It's like you're the most unlucky, lucky guy I ever met." In my life. Yeah. <laughs> but, wow. What a story. Yeah. Wow. We got some uh, listeners plugging in. Thanks, guys, for uh, plugging into the live stream. We appreciate it. Um, hope you guys are enjoying Paul's story of war and army and surviving trauma. Yeah. So some of these people actually work with me perry is talking right there he's actually he, he worked for the company oh did he? okay so it's juanita and uh some of them i don't know though okay that's cool yeah and my mom is very hey famous. mom <laughs> hey jermaine how you doing buddy i see you up there thanks for plugging in thanks for the compliment so yeah and the whole time i was actually uh fighting too oh yeah you were amateur mma or pro no or? i never turned pro okay no so turn just, pro. I was I was getting I was getting close. Um, you know, you kind of in MMA you kind of decide when you're going to turn pro. Mm. Um, whether someone gives you a fight when you turn pro is a different story. But you know, a lot of times you want to game it. But yeah, I, I was fighting amateur all through the, um, my time in the military. Even competed for the army mm-hmm. um, in their combatives program. I actually went all army uh, to the tournament in uh, Georgia in 2010. I believe in 2012 when I was thinking about going back, they they actually started canceling it mm-hmm. all army, but. Yeah, no, I, I, I fought, you know, for the army and I, I was fighting outside as well. And when I got out and I moved back to South Jersey, I started fighting again and it took it, it took it more seriously for a while. You're pretty good at it. I remember being in Las Vegas with the close protection conference and the Cowboys were <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> getting into it. We're like, and you're ready to just jump in there and Man. go help out. I'm like, dude, you don't have any insurance. If you get hurt, you're, you're screwed and don't, think, don't do it. I think some of the alcohol has something to do with it too. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of it. <laughs> I'm sure. Mm. But yeah, you have been fighting and you're just a natural. It's in, it seems like it's in your DNA to protect people. It's just natural. That's just who you are. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I appreciate thanks for, thank you for the comment. I don't, sure. I don't know. Um, I, I guess a, a lot of it is, is to, to, to push yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the one good, beautiful thing about mixed martial arts is that you, you truly push yourself to your limits. Not only just in the ring, usually not in the ring, but right. like in training. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you get to these points where you're truly, you know, you and your partner are truly falling over each other, like yeah, that you can't even, you know, the, the truly give a hundred percent of yourself mm-hmm. in, in in training is, is is special, and it's it's actually especially with COVID, something I really miss. I'm I'm looking forward to um to eventually getting back to it because you know, I, I haven't been able to do that because of, you know, gym's closing and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. And also starting a family. Um, you got a newborn. I do. Congrats. Yeah. Married. Yeah. I Georgetown, living the life of uh, an up and comer business owner out there, Georgetown <laughs> Protective Services. Yeah. I appreciate it. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. For the record, uh, I've known Paul for what, a couple of years now. Yeah. Years. And uh, he has uh, taken care of some, uh, 
private clients of ours. Yeah. And um, went to the White House on a couple of those events, and that's all we can really say. Yeah, which I'm very grateful for. Hey, you Appreciate did a great you. job. We got a return callback on that one. Oh, that's outstanding. The, you, have a, uh, you have a tight ship over there. No, I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. You know, it's, it's not me; it's my team. Absolutely. That's you know, Paul. That's one thing I love about the military. It's kept us humble, and we realize the importance of no I an individual, but T is in a team to make success. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree with you, and I think you know a lot of times when dealing with security firms, I think that that's where a lot of people kind of they kind of do it wrong. That they they're, they um, too many people want to make the company their company, and they want to run every aspect of it and, and the fact is you can only go so far if you can't you gotta take a you gotta take a leap of faith on your on your people mm -hmm. on your on your your managers you, you have to because they can do more than you and they're they're going to know things that you don't know you don't know everything you know matter of fact i know very little and these you know i find people and bring people in that have diverse backgrounds and things that i have no idea how to do and really just try to mentor them because i can't you know this last thing that we did um, with the inauguration, I fielded over 50 people, which is by far the furthest people are most people are put in there. 50? 50, yeah. That's about a lot 50. of body agents. Yeah, exactly. And if I had to actually do all that, it, it wouldn't, it would have fallen apart. And it, ta it takes an entire team of people to go out and to manage their own pieces. But, but, you know, to do that, you, you have to, you have to have a trust in people that many times people in this industry don't have. That's so true. Yeah, but, so true. But but that's how you but that's how you win. That's the only way. The trust. Yeah, I mean, you look at every other company mm -hmm. as a hierarchy. <laughs> they do. So like, why why is your you know your boutique security firm not? Because mm. the thing is, especially when you deal with your you know your big box um, security management firms, you know your your G4S is your Pinkertons, your you know so and so. Mm -hmm. um, you know they will give you as much work as you can handle. They're making the judgment call if you can handle that. They'll give you literally all the work if they think you can field it. Mm -hmm. Those managers, you know, what they what they don't want to have what they don't want to have happen is they don't want to say yes to a client, and then you can't provide last minute because it fell apart. So, mm -hmm. like with any of these companies that you're working for, which you know we entirely work for, we don't really go out and find our own clients at all. Mm -hmm. It's not in our business model to to, to take client, clients organically. We almost always work within companies. And that's been your success. It sounds like you've been, you understood your role in the industry. You realize you're yeah. a boutique company and you realize that, Hey, I'd rather be a vendor of exactly. XYZ company and service them and do a good job and get repeat business versus trying to go and get a contract and not having a million dollars in the bankroll to show like a support payroll. And it's just, it's, it's the pros and the cons of being a vendor. No, exactly. And I mean, you know, no one ever really talks about it in mm -hmm. this way, but if you really broke down mm -hmm. the security industry into security management firms and security fulfillment firms, mm -hmm. it's so much easier to look at it like that. If you look at there's 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 people who have the ability to have national clients, CNNs, the mm -hmm. um, the you know Facebook, the Apples, they they have they can have the ability to have those kind of relationships, but they have to reach out to fulfillment companies mm -hmm. in regional areas to to fulfill their contracts. Right. They, you know, I don't, is there, is there a company in the world that's licensed in 50 States? Like, I don't know, maybe Allied Barton. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, 
or I'm sorry, Allied Universal now. Sure. Um, maybe then, but most most of them aren't. And it doesn't really make sense. It's mm-hmm. for them to do it. Some places you can't because you might have to actually be incorporated in that place. So yet you have to reach out to these vendors. So if you just decide like, oh, I'm going to be a you know a a vendoring company only, and I'm going to build relationships with other companies and just get out the idea of taking on a bunch of organic clients, you're going to be better. And and not only that, you're you're your work is going to be more diverse because you, as a boutique company, you might get one or two main clients and you might have a 50, maybe even 60% margin on it. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you lose that client? Yeah, exactly. Good point. You know, when you deal, when you, when you deal with management companies, mm-hmm. then you have a diverse client, Th- them keeping the client is their job. Mm-hmm. That's their job. And that's, and that's a job that I am not ready for mm-hmm. managing people. That's, that's something we can handle and you know maybe one day it'll will it'll turn the corner and, and do the other thing but we're not there yet and i think so many companies um and so many people they they, they just see the dollar signs and they just run at you know what's going to make them the most money but they, they don't they don't respect the process and they don't understand the importance of of building leaders and taking yourself out of the equation like you know i'm obviously you know when you talk about Georgetown Protect Services, you, you mostly talk about Paul Turner now, but mm-hmm. the, the goal is for that soon not to be the case, that I'm not really this figurehead of the company, that the company is is something else besides me. When you talk about G4S, you don't, you know, there's not a guy that comes, unless you know someone G4S, you right. don't have a specific idea, Pinkerton, outside of thinking of, you know, the- The, the brand, actual, the name. Yeah, or the actual Pinkertons mm-hmm. at one point. Right. And, and, you know, a brand and a company can be greater than you, and it can be- it, it could be more than you can ever be. And, and honestly, it should be. If, if you think about fulfilling mm-hmm. your life's goals, if you feel it fulfilling like, um, you know, the greatest of life pursuits, it's to build something better than you. Does that come from the military, the team, the team cohesiveness and building the morality and re- keeping the morality of or the moral value of the team together to fulfill the mission of whatever the mission um, is? Maybe a little bit. The structure definitely did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I see myself now as a, uh, you know, as a battalion commander, and I have, you know, companies. That, when you run your company, I, yeah, that I handle. I have, I, I have see. captains that they run their teams. So like, oh, we got a comment there. Oh, <laughs> you know, Anthony. Yeah, Anthony is uh, one of my managers. Oh, thanks for joining us, Anthony. Yeah. Nice comment. We appreciate it. Uh, Anthony's actually taken over our biggest client. Um, next month. Congrats, brother. Yeah, he's so he's uh we're very excited that he's gonna Perry. <laughs> <laughs> hey Perry, thanks for joining we, us. I didn't know when we started this, we had messenger on Oh yeah. Blowing up over there. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the comp the comments on there. But you know, really after a while, in my opinion, and, and like it's funny that I talk about these things. I mean, this yeah. could really, really, really blow up my face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could, my company could really shit the bed fast <laughs> because I have some like really dumb ideas that don't work. And so it is kind of funny at this point sure. for me to like grandstand about what I'm doing. But I guess that's why the po- we're doing a podcast. So um, yeah, but I know the big, the biggest one of the biggest reasons why you're just part you experienced history on January 6th. You called me and said, "Dude, you won't believe what's going on." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I'm on the ground. I'm like, "Yeah, what?" And hey, Chris, do you have that video? We can show that video and you can narrate it there, Paul, when we see it. 
accidentally found myself on the basically on the steps of the Capitol as they, the riot started. Like Thanks we were with, us. we were with like the, probably the first 20 people in and my client was like, Oh, we got to go. And I was like, uh, you know, without even thinking, just jumped over with them and, you know, to, 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 to not to, not to protest, obviously, but to, to film it. And he, you know, he just got a little too close. He got a little too, involved and you know he's yelling things like yeah you know if we get it if we get arrested we get arrested and you know have you been maced yet today and all this kind of stuff and i'm like all right man look, listen as i'm here to tell you what's safe and not safe hey this is not safe you know and i can't be arrested you can be arrested you know you're you're a photographer you're not licensed it's like i have a company license i have a plethora of personal licenses it's like i cannot get arrested for treason and run a security firm i can't have the fbi hunting me down and and still like provide for my family mm -hmm. and and to run a company and i i did something that was actually really hard for me to do was i had i had to drop my client i took the I, he paid me ironically paid me in cash i know running all these people but people are still paying me in cash sometimes mm -hmm. and handed back you know, just gave it back to him and said you know I gotta go. You just felt a little guilt come over you. Oh my immediately. god! Oh, it's crazy how bad I felt at the moment. It's crazy, and I'm looking after like you know the, the most no my company and my family, and yet like giving up a client and being like, hey, you're on your own. Like I, I, we talked, we tried. You know, if we were we had a little more separation, if I wasn't like mm -hmm. if if I wasn't six inches away from the police, and there's like you know everyone's getting in fist fights. I mean. Like I was really there. Like at one point, I was like face to face with um, with the um, with police and 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 their ride gear stuff like that. And not that I'm scared that I'm gonna get beat down or something like that. But there's a there's a, a point where you're like, oh, I'm suddenly and accidentally doing something that seems very illegal, and maybe even treasonous. So your 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 life was flashing before your eyes that minute that second. When all things are breaking loose and about ready, to ex everything's about ready to explode. Well, no, I said actually the opposite. Okay. You know, initially, most of the group, at least the group I was in, I mean, there's left and right, and mm -hmm. you know, and also the backside, which I could never even know what was happening at the time. Mm -hmm. But like when I showed up there, everyone like rushed, you know, fast. It was, it was actually, I hate to laugh about situations, but we should laugh about every situation. Mm -hmm. um, there was like five police officers on the on the uh, front lawn telling everyone to stop. And they got ran down like ran a down. middle school football team <laughs> against the Patriots. No kidding. Oh, they just got trucked. I mean, you're the talking mob. It's like five like five officers who are not. You know, you, you see when you watch the videos on, on on news, you see a lot of that. You see like officers like, oh, it's um, it's mm -hmm. a thousand people and it's three of us. And I think they saw the first five people get like ran over a little bit, and they're like. You know, they were like, they were trying to almost, it was, it was actually almost looked like football. They were trying to like almost block for a second. Sure. And just like the amount of people just running through them, just like, just piled on them. And, but once we got up to the steps, like no one actually knew what to do. Mm. So like everyone's kind of like stopped and was just standing there and they're like, you know, kind of like looking at each other and the cops are kind of looking at them. And like, you can even see like some of the people like right next to me are kind of like joking with the cops. And the cops are like kind of smiling and laughing back. And there's like, for a second, they're like kind of like joking. Like, were they? Yeah. Like, you know, cause that's, mm -hmm. the, and I think that's the thing about the, the Republicans and these, these, these MAGA people in general, is that sure. they're, they're, they're kind of whole thing is that they're pro law enforcement, mm -hmm. but at these certain points they have to kind of like go against, you know, they have to kind of break the law a little bit, you know, to, to, to do whatever they're going to do. So it's like, it's probably kind of very difficult for them to kind of 
get over that. And the cops, frankly, is probably a little difficult. We to got a comment too. Ah, that's uh, Josh Terry, another one of my managers. Thanks. Hey, Josh. Thank you, Meredith. <laughs> my my wife's solid picture. <laughs> that's your wife. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wife. Thanks for joining. <laughs> yeah, she's very excited to see Tom Brady win the Super Bowl. Oh, was she? Another one. Nikki. Oh. Ah, uh, thank you, Nikki. <laughs> that's my sister. 